It's the Weird AF News Best of 2022, Part 1. A German woman announces that she's going to marry an airplane. She's been dating this airplane for many years, it says. So she's not going to marry this airplane out of haste. She's not jumping into it prematurely, is what I'm trying to say. She's gone around the block with this airplane. I assume around the world with the airplane. This is out of Berlin in perhaps the most bizarre announcement ever. No, not ever. If you've listened to Weird AF News, you know there's been some more bizarre announcements than this. But this is up there. A lady from Berlin said she is all set to marry a jumbo plane. She's a jumbo plane. Because once you go jumbo plane, you can't go back to little Cessna. She claims she's been dating this plane for six years. I don't know how you date a plane. You have to be very wealthy. Probably own an airport, I'd imagine. Uh, and the cost of fuel is just skyrocketing. How do you go out on a date with this plane? Do you, do you take the plane out in another plane <laughs> when you travel? I just want Okay, that's dumb. All right. This woman's name is Michelle Kolbka. She revealed that she has plans to tie the knot with a Boeing 737 at an intimate ceremony in the Netherlands later this year. Um, the 30-year-old is a saleswoman, and she says that she met the plane. <laughs> you met the plane. <laughs> you mean you took the plane on a trip or something? <laughs> you met the plane. How do you... Okay, she met the plane at the Berlin-Tegel Airport back in March 2014. She claims it was love at first sight. <laughs> she fell in love when she met the plane, when she boarded the plane. Or maybe she was just waiting for her plane you know, she's in the airport, she's just sitting there looking out the window at the planes that are coming and going, pulling up to the gates, and she just saw this one jumbo and was like, oh, that's my, oh, that's my boy right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, oh, that's my non-binary plane right there. Oh, I don't know. what Do, do planes have genders? I'd imagine they're, they're, they're females. Uh, I don't know. Ships are females, correct? My, I've always referred to my car as a as a female car. Always, I don't know how. I don't know what the gender of a plane is. Maybe you guys know. She nicknamed her seven thirty seven shots, shots, which translates to darling. Oh, is that what we were saying in that song? Shots, 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 shots. We've just been saying darling this whole time. Oh, it's more of a love song than a get drunk song. Wow, I'm learning so much in this article. Um, Michelle says she remembers after seeing the jumbo plane for the first time, she was awed by its wings and thrusters. Oh, so sexual, the thrusters. You want some good-sized thrusters with your lover? Finally, it says here, September 2019, she was finally able to get her hands on her, quote, man, and get the opportunity to plant a kiss on the side of the 40-ton aircraft. It quickly followed with an arrest because she was on the tarmac when she wasn't allowed to be. I'm just kidding. I don't know if that happened. Apparently, she got to kiss the side of it. <laughs> Is there a video of this? <laughs> you just run out there and kiss the damn thing? Or did you book a flight on it and then kiss the side of the door as you entered? Did you just run down the gate and kiss the damn thing and then run back out? I have so many questions. Talking about her love for the plane, she told the media, the time in the hangar was the most beautiful moment of my life. And when I was with him, I, we enjoyed our time together. We kissed. 
I caressed him. I plan to move into the hangar one day. <laughs> move in. In my biggest dream. <laughs> What's your biggest dream, lady? <laughs> What's your biggest dream? To engage with a therapist that can really figure out what's going on with you? Is that your biggest dream? It should be. It's the biggest dream for your family, I'll tell you right now, is for someone to get a hold of your <laughs> whatever you have going on. My biggest dream is to be with Schatz and to live with him. I also want to marry him in Zahanga. Spend the whole night with him. You haven't even spent a night with him? And you're going to marry him? I don't, recognize, I, I, I don't recommend that, guys. I don't recommend you spend your whole life with someone or agree to if you haven't spent one night with them. I mean, that's just rudimentary relationship 101 kind of shit. You might want to learn how to fly him as well, lady. I mean, that would be something you should probably try and do. Maybe like buy the plane. You'd have to probably buy the plane eventually if you want to spend all the time with it because this plane's going to be going on commercial runs, I assume, all sorts of places. You might get jealous. Somebody else might fall in love with your plane at another port. It says here, her bizarre relationship with the plane is an example of objectophilia, which I've covered many times on this show because people have married some strange things. One lady married a bridge back in 2019. I covered that. Um, objectophilia is a sickness. It's a mental disorder, clearly. It's um, about having a sexual or romantic attraction to an inanimate object. It's part of the whole fetish thing as well, I believe, it seems. I don't know. I can't wrap my head around all of these strange disorders doesn't make any sense to me that you would be falling in love with a bridge or a zombie doll or the ghost of a dead pirate. I mean, all the things that people have fallen in love with on Weird AF News. I mean, we could go back you know, this very strange Weird AF News dating show. <laughs> and at the end of this episode, somebody will marry a spoon. It says here, Michelle previously said she doesn't see her relationship with the Boeing as any different to relationships with humans. Yeah, I mean, that, that sentence right there just tells you what you're dealing with. Although, I'm not going to lie, I've had a lot of relationships with humans. Didn't go well. Maybe I should, uh, I don't know, marry a kayak. A suspect in a car crash claims the ghost of a NASCAR driver told him to do it. This is Las Vegas, Nevada. A man accused of intentionally driving the wrong way down the 215 later told a judge that the ghost of a NASCAR driver told him to do this. Oh, the old ghost of a NASCAR driver excuse? <laughs> We've seen this before. This guy's name is Daniel Ass-F. Ass-F. Age 51, Daniel Ass-F. Daniel Ass-F faces charges of attempted murder. Do you Murder? Whoa, oh boy. He must have crashed into some people. Um, DUI and battery with a deadly weapon. Daniel Ass F, what are you doing? Deadly weapon. Is that what they categorize your car as? A deadly weapon? I suppose that's what it is, right? His vehicle crashed in the area of Lake North Drive near Sahara Avenue. You know the area. Very busy place. Daniel Ass F didn't give a damn. Drove the wrong way. Obviously, drunk out of his titties. In a court hearing Tuesday, that was yesterday, Ass F told the judge that the ghost of Dale Earnhardt, <laughs> very specific, the ghost of Dale Earnhardt told him to drive the wrong way on the freeway. Get this! With a purpose. The ghost of Dale, Dale Earnhardt told him to drive the wrong way in order to get the mayor's attention to bring NASCAR back to Vegas. <laughs> Seems like an odd plan. First of all, I had no idea that NASCAR is no longer in Vegas. I don't really follow NASCAR. 
but let's say for the sake of argument, NASCAR is no longer in Vegas. And let's say for the sake of argument, Dale Earnhardt's ghost decided, you know what? I'm going to try and get it back. Do you think he's going to speak to Dan Asseff about it? <laughs> I don't think so. After all, it, uh, the authorities claim that Asif reportedly had heroin and methamphetamine in his system at the time of the crash. Dale Earnhardt's not going to go talk to somebody who's had 17 shots of tequila, a bunch of methamphetamine and heroin, and tell them to bring back NASCAR to Vegas. That's not going to happen. Dale Earnhardt's ghost can appear to anybody, even the mayor, the actual mayor of Vegas. It's the ghost of Dale Earnhardt. All he's got to do is can be like, it's like the ghost of Christmas past. He just, I'm Dale Earnhardt. Mr. Mayor, you bring back the NASCAR. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back to Vegas. And then the mayor's going to freak out and be like, man, the the ghost of Dale Earnhardt came to me last night and told me I need to bring back NASCAR. You know, of course, they might put the mayor in a mental institution for doing that. But that would be way more effective than going to see Daniel Ass F and having this guy who can't stay off the chemicals, this Vegas nitwit, having him try to bring NASCAR back with this cockamamie plan of driving down the street, going the wrong way, killing somebody or almost killing somebody. Doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> I love how I'm trying to like bring reason and logic to it. No, no. If if the ghost of Dale Earnhardt was going to appear, it wouldn't be to this guy. Asf. I love the idea of blaming stuff on ghosts too. It's just just pushing the crazy to the limit. <laughs> yeah. Look at I didn't mean to steal the ice cream. The ghost of Jim Morrison told me to do it. Uh, it's almost like you get to let the person go because you're like, wow, you're out of your mind. Okay, why don't you get out of here? I don't want to have any further interaction with you. You're gonna blame it on ghosts. Of course, there's somewhere out there, there's a, a woman who wants to marry the ghost of Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida women are arrested for assaulting a man with glitter. Two Florida women have been charged with felony offenses for allegedly throwing some glitter at a man inside an apartment complex in Pinellas County. These hooligans, Caitlin O'Donovan, age 27, Sarah Franks, age 29, each are accused of one count of felony burglary with assault against a man named Jacob, Jacob Cologne. The particles used in this incident may seem innocent, but the charges are very serious. Each woman faces, believe this, the possibility of life in prison. Imagine for assaulting someone with glitter. How many strippers should we arrest right now? Oh, man, I've been assaulted by a, a glittery stripper on a few occasions and paid for it. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> Both of these ladies are from Clearwater. They are alleged to have thrown some glitter at this man, Jacob, during some sort of an argument. The small, sparkly, and shiny projectiles allegedly... <laughs> projectiles? <laughs> You're going to call glitter a projectile? Okay, okay, okay. The sparkly projectiles allegedly hit Jacob in his head and his upper torso. <laughs> they're treating this like they're bullets. <laughs> Sorry, I snorted. <laughs> Come on, though. Seriously? Oh, they struck my client in the head and the upper torso, as you can see on the diagram. Penetrated the skin. They, uh, they went through his shoulder and exited out the backside. It's glitter, right? Those tiny little pieces of glitter... 
It is unclear, it says here, if the alleged victim was injured during the incident. Well, I assume he was, because otherwise we wouldn't be talking about this. How he was injured by glitter is a mystery to me. <laughs> I didn't realize it was such a deadly arsenal. Guys, guys, why use pepper spray at this point? Just blow some glitter at your assailant, and that'll put him down, and it'll make you smile, and everybody who sees it. It's a very fun way to put down a criminal, is with glitter. I don't know. How do you injure someone with glitter unless you press it into their eye sockets and then shove it in there? That would hurt, right? Or if you slice open their chest and dump a bucket of glitter inside them. Will that kill them or will that turn them into a unicorn? Ooh. <laughs> That's just a theory of mine that pouring glitter inside your body will turn you into a unicorn. Or just make you want to immediately go to karaoke and sing the Bee Gees. I don't know what it's going to do. Pouring glitter inside your body. It says the relationship, if any, between these three is unknown, as is the motive behind the in the incident. I need to know why. Come on. All right, I'm going to look at another article about this. I need to know why you're attacking someone with a bunch of glitter. I mean, it could be a prank, right? A practical joke on your landlord. I don't know. You know, they have those glitter bombs that you can send to somebody's house. Have you heard of these glitter bombs? They open up the box and bam, this bomb blows up and it's glitter all over the office or the home or in their face, I assume. I mean, if that's c considered a projectile, glitter, then, you know, all these people sending glitter bombs are subject to arrest as well, I'd imagine. All right, I perused a couple other sources with the same story and nobody seems to know what this argument was about. But what occurred was the two ladies made their way to the man's apartment at 3 a.m., which is an odd time to pay a visit to somebody. But if you're going to show up at 3 a.m., come with some glitter and some cocaine. I'd imagine that's a good time. It's 3 a.m. on a Monday. What else are you supposed to do? They got into a dispute, though. Uh, and while he was standing on his balcony, the first container of glitter was thrown from across the balcony's fence. Okay, so there's a fence separating the balcony. They threw it over the fence, this glitter, and hit him in the torso and the head. Nice shot, girls. Sign him up for flag football immediately. Or dodgeball. Okay. Why were you holding a container of glitter at that moment? I got so many questions. Maybe they were about to go decorate some Easter eggs. Maybe they're getting their, an early jump on Easter. <laughs> what else do you use glitter for? You Decorate Easter eggs. It says, according to the court records, next what happened was uh, one of the ladies scaled the balcony, climbed over the fence, making her way inside Jacob's apartment where she threw more containers of glitter at him. How large are these containers of glitter? Then she allegedly made it to the front door, unlocked, opened it, allowed the other woman to enter. Once both women were inside Jacob's apartment, it says here, more glitter was unloaded on the unwilling recipient. <laughs> like, really? I mean, this just wasn't, I'll throw some glitter and then leave the scene one time. This is again and again attacking this man with glitter. How strange. Both women were immediately detained because the man knew them and where they lived. They live in a glitter factory. <laughs> I assume they're strippers. How do they have this much glitter? Really? <laughs> I mean, either that, they're fairy godmothers just paying him a visit. Maybe they were going to give him a wish, grant him some wishes after they doused him in glitter. <laughs> Maybe that was the argument. 
he was he was wishing for more wishes you know how you do that and they were like no you can't wish for more wishes okay you have to wish for other things he's like no i get a wish my one wish is for more wishes like no you cannot jacob and then they're like you know what we're gonna just drown you in glitter sir a transracial influencer reveals plans for penis reduction surgery to become more korean Transracial influencer Ollie London revealed he's looking into getting penis reduction surgery as his laundry list of cosmetic procedures continues to grow and grow. The social media star was born British and born white, but didn't want to be white, doesn't want to be white. Spent an estimated quarter of a million dollars, in fact, on 20 surgeries in in an attempt to make himself look more Korean. I can't say I blame him. It's, uh, who wants to look white right now? I mean, it's not very cool. You want to be ethnically ambiguous. That's really hot right now. Oh, yeah. I wish I was ethnically ambiguous. I don't have enough money to be ethnically ambiguous. I just have to go to the beach more. Uh, this guy, Ollie, specifically wants to resemble a Korean K-pop star named Jimin. Jimin? I don't know if I'm saying this right. I can't say I blame him. Those Korean pop stars? Wow. They're gorgeous. Oh, my. Unbelievable. I can't look away. Those guys are the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. They're (laughs) they're unbelievable. They're gorgeous. Okay. As for this guy, Ollie London, who I've never heard of. uh, Apparently pretty famous, though. He booked himself for a full face and a neck lift in Turkey. And he revealed to the media that he's made some calls about taking this next extreme step in his physical transformation. That would be the penis reduction. He's quoted as saying, Well, I don't want people to get offended by this, but in Korea, you know, the average penis is like three and a half inches, eh? It's pretty small. It's a wee bitty penis, you know? Yeah. You know, I want to do that. You know, my penis is bigger than that. I want to be more Korean, you know? Well, you know, I get trolled all the time, by the way. People say, oh, you can't be Korean, Ollie. You're not 100% Korean. Look at your wee-wee. It'll never be Korean. And I just, you know, I say to them, Pew, you know, I got money. I can make my wee Korean. Watch this. Chop the thing in half, right? What about that, huh? Yeah, just lop off the top of me penis. <laughs> I want to be 100% Korean after I'm going to lop off me penis. By the way, that's pretty insulting to Koreans to say <laughs> No, I want to be really Korean, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my penis smaller too, just like theirs. Hey, some some Koreans are probably walking around with a, you know, a, a nice log, you know. So it's not everybody over there, right? You're making a sweeping generalization, Ollie. Uh, now there's more quotes from Ollie. I'm gonna stop that accent because it's t- terrible. Ollie says, "I would even have a penis reduction, so I'm like the Korean average. That's how far I'm willing to go." I can have it done in Thailand, in fact. It'll cost between six dollars and $8,000. Thailand's cheaper. And to be honest, they do specialize in those kinds of things in Thailand because they have a lot of sex changes and stuff like that. It's very rare because most people will get a penis enlargement, as you know. They, most of them get enlargements, not reductions. I know it sounds weird. I just want to be 100% Korean. That's all I'm saying. My entire face will be Korean. I've done my chest already. Like, what, what can I do next? I don't know. I'll do whatever. My hands are a little big, you know, and I, I kind of, you know... I don't really like that. That doesn't make me feel Korean with my big hands. It makes me feel closer to my my country, which I don't like. I'm actually booked in February uh, to do some more procedures. When I, and when I do surgery, I'm happy, but only for a couple months. And then and then I want more. I want more Korean. 
Ollie London also insists that going under the knife for such a procedure as a penis reduction doesn't even make him nervous. He says, I don't get nervous about anything. Like, if it goes wrong, I'll just get another surgery. I'm rich, bitch! <laughs> as of now, he believes the procedure will affect his dating life in the future. Yeah, you think? I think everything you're doing right now affects your dating life, man. You're getting a little weird with the surgeries, bro. You need to calm it down. He says uh, here, uh, one more quote from Ollie. I'm getting to the stage now where it's like everybody's just using me or they cheat on me or they just want to make some money. I'm out of options. That just sounds like he went off the rails in this interview. <laughs> everybody's cheating on him. I'm out of options. No, you got plenty of options because you got all this money. You're not running out of options. You're going to change your penis. Eventually, you're going to be like, you know what? My elbows look a little too British. I see some freckles. I'm going to get that out of there, as a matter of fact. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh, but this is... Hey, whatever you want to do with your money, I guess that's your business. And if you don't feel comfortable in your own skin, you know, I guess it's your business to make those changes. It's sad, though. It's sad. Uh, you know, you got to work on yourself so that you feel comfortable in your own body. Most people don't, though. It's very hard. It's very hard to feel. It's hard being a human. We all do it. You know, we all feel like there's a little bit, a little hole in our chest, right? We're like, oh, I got to fill it. I want to fill it with Pop-Tarts. I'm going to fill it with surgeries. I'm going to fill it with all this meth. I'm going to fill it with Corona. I'm going to fill it with sex. I'm going <laughs> to fill it with the gym. Oh, I'm at the gym. Dude, I'm swell. I'm so swell. Swole. Sorry, it's swole. And my point is, we all, no, yeah, hardly any of us feel comfortable um, in our own skin. So, so you know, you do what you do what you have to do. I, but in my opinion, a penis reduction is a little over the top. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. Wouldn't do that, Ollie. If you're listening, yeah, you know, uh, just enjoy your your penis is fine. It's fine, man. It's fine. People will enjoy it the way it is. You know, I would say spend more money on some cool K-pop dance moves. Maybe take some singing lessons. Why not just become a K-pop star yourself? Like, go learn how to do that. That might be cool. Uh, all right, maybe you guys uh, disagree with me, agree with me. I don't know. What's your take on this whole thing? Transracial. It's kind of new to me, anyways. Just trying to wrap my head around it like I am all this other stuff. Whew, it's hard. It's hard. But I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning more each day. Call the show, 646-450-2012. A Florida woman tells the police that she was simply following her GPS down the staircase. A 26-year-old Tampa, Florida lady drove her SUV through a police pedestrian plaza and then down a flight of stairs. The Florida woman said she was just following her GPS instructions. I'm just following what the GPS tells me to do. I'm just driving through this school. Yeah. I, I realize I'm driving through a playground, but I, I'm just trying to obey the GPS. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Oh, I think I drove over some children. Well, my GPS said to do it this way. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. <laughs> I'm a real obeyer in the world. I do what I'm told. I sure am. But what, what? All right, did I just drive through your classroom? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm just doing what I was told. Of course, the Florida police are pretty savvy. They didn't buy the woman's claim. They said that the reason wasn't that she was following her GPS. The reason was her blood alcohol level was excessive. Pretty excessive. And that's what led to the unusual crash. Oh, you can bet on a Florida lady's 
blood alcohol level being excessive. Especially when you look at the photo of where her SUV drove. It's absolutely amazing. You should Google this. She's driving right down the stairs. <laughs> you got to really screw up to, <laughs> to end up in this situation. Now, the police say that the lady who appeared to be in a Toyota Highlander SUV drove through the police department garage. She drove it through the police department garage. <laughs> wasn't some random garage. The, the police, you know, are present. She then drove across a pedestrian plaza. Boy, how many pedestrians did she run over? And then it says she drove it down the stairs, but I'm looking at it. She attempted to drive down the stairs, but she only got about two-thirds of the truck down the stairs. Uh, we have a quote from the local police who said, uh, we are very fortunate that this woman didn't strike anybody. And uh, this ended with just a small amount of property damage. Please don't drink and drive, everybody. Please don't drink and drive. And I agree. You should not drink and drive. You also should not Florida and drive, you know, whatever that means to you. A woman scams, I mean, charges people $10,000 per client. As a professional baby namer, uh, we have a woman here named Taylor. Taylor went to NYU. A lot of women named Taylor went to NYU. <laughs> Taylor's 33. Ah, she, a lot of money was spent on that education. What's she doing with it? Well, she's convincing people to pay for something they can do themselves, it seems. She explained to the media that she charges a rate depending on her client's needs. This is in regards to helping them name a baby. Her services can range from a consulting phone call to researching names based on a genealogical research. <laughs> okay. Uh, Taylor added that she's always had an obsession with baby names and, and launched What's in a Baby's Name in 2015. That's the name of her company? What's in a Baby's Name? Her prices range from $1,500 to $10,000. Oh, what do you pay per syllable? Now, recently... Taylor helped a couple name their child Parks, P-A-R-K-S, which, which was chosen after they explained to her that their first kiss was in a town called Parker. <laughs> oh, way to go, Taylor. I mean, <laughs> I love it. Oh, just, this is how you get to convince two dummies to pay you. <laughs> So, um, I want to help you name your baby, so... Where did you guys meet? We met in a movie theater. Oh, I've got it, I've got it. We could name your child AMC. Oh, I really like that. Isn't that good, honey? Here's $5,000. <laughs> Their first kiss was in a town called Parker, so she named the kid Parks, and they gave her thousands of dollars. Did this really happen in real life? I'm astounded. There's a lot of people out there with too much money, it seems. They don't know what to do with it. Guys, I could tell you what you could do with your money. You could send it to me. So you could support a guy who records a daily podcast inside a closet. I mean, you're going to get a way better feeling supporting a guy who's got a one-man show going on here than paying somebody to help you name a baby. Okay. It says, additionally, Taylor also assists the couples who are running out of names while expecting their third or fourth child. <laughs> you run out of names. Oh, we're running out of names. There's only a billion of them out there. <laughs> running out of names. I want these kinds of problems. I really do. I want to <laughs> have so many kids. I just can't. 
I just, uh, I, we're just running out of names. Where do you get names? I mean, how do you, how do you guys come up with names? How do you do it? Is it just a Google search? I don't know. I've, I've been in the world for a, a while. I, I've met a lot of people. Maybe I should just ask them what their name is, and that'll give me some ideas. Yeah, you think? <laughs> you got to be a special kind of dumb to hire Taylor. Sorry. Taylor runs a TikTok account as well, of course. She's got uh, 46,000 followers and offers free advice for parents, plus breaking down the meaning of each name. Yeah. You know, hey, hey, guys! You know, you don't have to pay Taylor. You can just Google a name and find out what it means. Are you, are you guys familiar with Google? Are you guys familiar with that? Taylor also advises her clients if they don't like the name as the first name, the parents can use it as a middle name. Whoa, whoa, genius! Man, is this what an NYU education gets you? This woman really knows how to do it, huh? Wow, I would have had. Hey, if you got, if you're not crazy about the name, the first name. As a, the name is a first name. You could use it as a middle name. Did you know that's an option? Whoa! I didn't know you could do that, Taylor. Who do I write the check out to? <laughs> the NYU student that owns a, owes a lot for student loans still? How does a baby namer find names? They're asking in this article. How does a baby namer find names? Jeez, I mean, how do you? That's, whew. <laughs> Seems extremely difficult to find names, doesn't it? Taylor uses multiple sources to find various names for her clients. <laughs> she said she uses the Social Security database, which reveals names based on popularity and names used by brands. Names used by brands, yeah, in case you want to name your child, I don't know, <laughs> Sunny D. <laughs> in addition to those sources, Humphrey also uses street names and film credits. She researches various trends. Oh, she sits through the film credits and writes down the names that she sees. <laughs> People pay this. I'm sorry, guys. I know. I'm, I just think this is the most ridiculous profession I've ever heard of. I can't believe someone gets paid for this. I really can't. How do you? Wow. You know, here I am trying to work for a living. I am so dumb. So dumb. I mean, at one point in my life, I sold drugs, but even that was work. That was work, you know. Uh, I never thought I could just convince dummies to pay me for, to do something that they could do. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what. I'll help you name your child. Not only that, I will wipe your child's ass for the first month for ten ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I'll help you. I'll name your child and wipe your newborn's ass for a month for ten thousand dollars. I'll do it. You know what? I'll name your pets as well, and I'll pick. I'll pick up the dog shit for a month for $10,000. I'll name your new dog and I'll pick up the shit for a month. $10,000. I'm here, guys. I'm here. I'm available. Now, this isn't Taylor's only income stream. She offers services as a doula as well. That's D-O-U-L-A. What the hell was that? She helps pick out shows to watch on Netflix for you for eight grand. Is that... <laughs> what the hell? Hold on. Let me look it up. Oh, oh, she uh, provides guidance and support to pregnant women during labor. That's actually helpful. She also offers Reiki work for clients who want a more holistic approach to healing. I guess she does. She does Reiki, of course. <laughs> I'm going to guess she does acting lessons, too. She offers some acting lessons. <laughs> oh, boy, man. Clearly, I'm in the wrong business. The author of How to Murder Your Husband is on trial for murdering her husband. She's a self-published romance writer. We won't hold that against her, that she's self-published. What we're going to hold against her is that she wrote about murdering her husband, and then she murdered her husband, clearly. 
She wrote an essay called How to Murder Your Husband. And she's now on trial for the alleged murder of her husband in Oregon. It began on Monday, the trial. Her name is Nancy Crampton Brophy. She's age 71. She was accused of fatally shooting her husband, Daniel, in June 2018, but it just went to trial this week. Uh, She was arrested back in 2018, three months after Daniel's death. And here's the kicker. Despite the title of her essay, How to Murder Your Husband, the judge has ruled that this essay cannot be presented as evidence against her. How? (laughs) How can it not be presented as evidence against her? She wrote about how to kill your husband, then she killed her husband. Bro, are you okay, judge? Now, this reminds me of that story that I did about the rappers don't want their rap music held against them. Because apparently sometimes rap lyrics are used as evidence. If you rap about robbing somebody, then you rob somebody. I guess that's evidence, right? Well, you know, if you write an essay about murdering your husband, eh, and then you murder your husband, eh, <laughs> sounds to me like that's evidence. I'm no lawyer. I didn't go to law school, but this just seems... Pretty rudimentary to me. Now, as I said, the trial began Monday. Oregon District Attorney Sean Overstreet made a case to the jurors that Crampton Brophy was motivated to kill her husband by greed and a very large insurance policy. In the trial that began Monday, District Attorney Overstreet made a case to these jurors that this woman was motivated by greed to kill her husband and a very large insurance policy as well. And she had writer's block. She was working on a follow-up novel called How to Dispose of Your Murdered Husband's Body. (laughs) I'm kidding. Now, who knows if this will be enough evidence to convict her. Seems to me that you really should include the How Do You Murder Your Husband essay. Let's figure out exactly what the judge ruled on here. It says, The judge ruled in favor of a defense motion ensuring jurors would not hear about the How to Murder Your Husband essay, which was written 11 years ago. The judge says that that essay was old and was written for a writing seminar, and any value it might have is is outweighed by the prejudice it might cause in the jury. The prejudice? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, isn't this prejudice justified? I mean, she wrote about killing her husband a few years before she did it. All right? The prejudice. Some prejudice is appropriate, guys. Because it also aligns with facts. You know what I mean? It also aligns with truth. <laughs> it also aligns with a pattern of behavior. <laughs> Prejudice it might cause the jury. Wow, judge. How do you be a judge, huh? Just be stupid? How do you do it? Now, it says here at the end of the article that Crampton Brophy posted on her Facebook shortly after her husband's death. She said she was, quote, struggling to make sense of everything right now. She's just struggling, guys, to make sense. She's having a hard time completing her follow-up novel called Finding Love After You've Killed Your Husband. It's a romance. (laughs) Can't hold it against her. Got an alligator in my backyard and nobody cares. Nobody cares. Got an alligator in my patio and nobody cares. Nobody cares. Had an alligator at my birthday party and nobody cared. Nobody cared. Had an alligator in the front seat of my Volkswagen and nobody cared because it's Florida. Alligators everywhere and 
nobody cares in Florida. There's alligators everywhere, and nobody cares. A search of a Florida man's buttocks leads to drugs. Of course! Every Florida man has drugs in his buttocks. The treasure map for drugs always lead to the rectum of a Florida man. <laughs> Quality drugs up there. Only the best go up the butt. You know what I'm saying? A traffic stop in Florida led to the arrest of a man when the drugs were found inside his scrumdiddlyumptious rectum. Oh, yeah. That's where the drugs are. Well, you know, when you don't have a bra to hide them in, you got to shove them up your old, uh, you know... Uh, this all took place on Allison Road in Leesburg. You guys know the area. Psh, lots of Florida men with drugs up their butt in the area. They pulled the guy over f for going 68 and a 45. <laughs> and that's not all. <laughs> they asked him if there was anything illegal in the car. Huh? Technically, technically no, not in the car. <laughs> per se. More like in the trunk. You know what I'm saying, guys? In the trunk, you know? The trunk. In my, in my trunk, you know? In my caboose. Hey, I got him in the caboose. I keep my drugs in the caboose. Okay, okay. 31-year-old Joshua Cranmer, the Florida man, refused to allow the deputies to search the car for drugs, but they did anyways, and they found baggies. The baggies contained methamphetamine, and on the baggies appeared to be what the officers described as glorious fecal matter. Uh, a further examination of Cranmer's boxer shorts showed that they also contained some fecal matter. It's a typical Florida man's boxers, though. Um, the officers at one point saw Cranmer reach into the back of his pants as if he was removing something. The officers then searched, you know, the buttocks. The Florida man's deep, dark rectum. During the search in the dark cavity, the deputy felt something hard in his buttocks. When asked if he had anything else hidden, Cranmer, the Florida man in the story, began to cry. He said he did not. He said, I have a bowel issue. <laughs> yeah, you got a bowel issue, all right, dude. You've been cramming drugs up there, Cranmer. Cranmer's cramming drugs up in his little cram crack. <laughs> I have a bowel issue. <laughs> You think? No, I think there's a lot of plastic bags up there. That's what's going on. Oh, pla how'd they get up there? Now, the hard object that was found in his buttocks was a gold cylinder, which appeared to have fecal matter on it. The police procured that. I don't want to know the details on how that happened. I feel bad for the person that had to put the gloves on and deal with Cranmer's crack. The gold cylinder contained a controlled substance, MDMA and cocaine. He was brought back to the station where no doubt further searches of Cranmer's cranny. <laughs> it's going to happen. His cranny. His, cr <laughs> his nooks and crannies will be searched for controlled substances. You better believe it. A man had sex with over 400 tractors. Because men are disgusting. Over 400 tractors? A woman would have married one tractor. This guy's... All about the tractor sex. Let's get some more information, because I'm not even sure how you have sex with a tractor. Ralph Bishop is age 53. Ralph was found by the police with his trousers around his ankles, interfering with a tractor parked in a field in Suffolk County. 
interfering with a tractor. That's a very that's a very safe way to describe what he was really doing. Dry humping a piece of construction machinery. <laughs> interfering with a tractor. Because <laughs> the tractor was trying to get some work done, but here's Ralph on top of it. Just trying to get on that get up on that backhoe. You know what I mean? Getting his backhoe game on. Ralph was arrested on suspicion of outraging public decency. And he admitted to having had sex with around 450 tractors all over the Suffolk countryside. Oh, my goodness. He's violated so many tractors in the Suffolk countryside. Well, I guess that's better than violating all the sheep. Yeah. He could be out in the countryside screwing all your sheep, guys. But instead, he's going after the tractors. I mean, that's not so bad. I mean, unless you own one of these tractors. Quite shocking to walk out to your field and see a man with his trousers down on top of your tractor making sweet, sweet love. Or maybe you showed up after the deed was already done and found some bodily fluids on your steering wheel or on the on the scooper, or I don't know where you screw a, <laughs> a construction vehicle. <laughs> to be honest, it looks like it hurts to have sex with a vehicle like that. Really, they're, they're very hard. It's definitely going to be some chafing going on if you're lucky. Or you might fall off, break your leg. Imagine falling off something and breaking your leg while trying to make love to it. I mean, one of these tractors, you could easily do that. They're big. They're big vehicles. Now, the escapades go on and on because the officers, they searched his home. At Ralph's house, they found a collection of more than 5,000 tractor images on his laptop. This guy's just peddling tractor porn on the web. (laughs) Or buying it. I don't know. I didn't know tractor images were worth all that much. Um, yeah, I guess there's some tractor images. They're, they got some lingerie draped over their roof, or <laughs> over the tires. Ooh, <laughs> this is outrageous. Is this real? I can't believe it. The photos that were found on Bishop's computer show that he has a special desire for John Deere and Massey Ferguson tractors. <laughs> Particularly the green ones turn him on. <laughs> this is sick, man. We have a quote from a police insider. I don't know what the hell that is. Just someone who just hangs out inside the police station and listens for rumors. The police insider says, Well, the police say that we couldn't believe it when we found him in the field. He was wearing a white t-shirt, Wellington boots, and very little else. He was clearly in a state of high excitement at the rear of this machine. Thankfully, nobody else was around, especially the children. But this field, I'll tell you, is very close to a village primary school, so we had to arrest him and educate him about the error of his ways. Uh, Ralph told us that he was particularly into axle grease. Yes, that's right, axle grease. And the presence of axle grease around the back of a tractor was all too much for him. He can't handle it. He gets very aroused from the axle grease in the rear. Uh, Ralph is banned from the countryside currently, and he's forbidden to go within one mile of any farm. All right. So he has to live and remain in the middle of Ipswich in order to comply with this. Uh, We're forcing him to be put on the sex offenders register as well and uh, to get psychological help. However, we're also watching him very closely because we are worried about the safety of several street cleaning machines as well. (laughs) Street cleaning machines? (laughs) Yeah, you better keep him away from the bird scooters as well. This guy will grab five bird scooters, drag him to his garage for a bird scooter orgy, I'd imagine. He's very attracted to... Vehicles. (laughs) Vehicles. <laughs> Very odd. We have a quote from Lorraine Fisher, who lives in the town, or the hamlet, as they seem to be called over there in the UK. Here's Lorraine in the hamlet. 
Well, I hope they keep this man away from the town's gardens. If he takes a fancy to a lawnmower, he might find he loses more than just his liberty. <laughs> a woman quit her job so she can breastfeed her boyfriend full time. A woman in Atlanta says she has quit her job in order to pump enough breast milk to feed her bodybuilding boyfriend every two hours. Her name is Jennifer. Jennifer left her job as a bartender so she could go produce enough milk for her boyfriend, Brad, full-time. Jennifer says she was single when she found a website about adult breastfeeding relationships, also known as ABR. Wow, I've never heard of this. Adult breastfeeding relationships. Okay. Here's a quote from her. I've always enjoyed my breasts being touched during sex more than anything else, so I knew I would enjoy this, this breastfeeding relationship. I use dating sites. I put messages on ABR forums and even put an advert on Craigslist, but I drew a blank. I started to think I'd never get to try adult breastfeeding, ever. Eventually, she started talking with Brad, a former high school boyfriend. I thought it was perfect. It was perfect time to bring up adult breastfeeding with Brad, just to see if he'd be interested, you know? Jennifer, age 36, gave birth to her daughter 20 years ago and said she had to dry breastfeed Brad every two hours and use a breast pump to fool her body into lactating. Okay, so she dry breastfed him every two hours and then used a breast pump to fool her body into lactating. Okay, okay. I'm just trying to wrap my head around how this all works. I've taken a break from my job at bartending because I want to devote everything to making this breastfeeding relationship work. Oh boy. Okay, Jennifer. Well, you know, consult, uh, you know, they're consenting parties. It's all good. She enjoys it. He enjoys it. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Jennifer says she believes adult breastfeeding will create a, quote, magical bond between them. And Brad, meanwhile, hopes that nursing will give his body healthy benefits. Oh, what are the healthy benefits of breast milk? From a beautiful woman, I wonder. Critics on social media, though, have criticized these people. Ah, there's always critics. It's just two people trying to find happiness, man. They're not hurting anybody. I don't see what's wrong with it. You know, it's not like she's trying to breastfeed a bridge, you know? These, people, these women trying to marry bridges and planes. She's not trying to breastfeed a 747. It's another man. It's consensual. He enjoys it. She enjoys it. There's nothing wrong with this. Why do people get to... It's none of your business, critics, in other words. What people do in the privacy of their own homes sexually, not your business. But the critics have criticized the pair for sexualizing breastfeeding. Oh, they're sexualizing it. Here's a quote from some idiot on Facebook, some stupid lady. It's idiots like these two that are making it difficult for breastfeeding mothers to do so publicly without shame or ridicule. They're only increasing the sexualization of breastfeeding. There are no medical benefits for adults to consume breast milk, you know? Breast milk is for babies. Hey, babies. First of all, <laughs> this has nothing to do with breastfeeding your child in public. It doesn't sexualize it. No one is anybody watching the mother breastfeed their kid in public and being like, "Oh, that's very sexual." If you are, you're warped, <laughs> and this does not increase that. Uh, there's no medical benefits for adults to consume breast milk. I, I don't know. We've been drinking cow's milk. Everybody drinks the milk from the breast of a completely different species than we are all right there's no benefits to any of this shit people just drink it anyways yogurt is delicious people love milk all right is that your angle lady that's the end of the article by the way can we get another stupid critic no this is all we got 
Wow, I'm just rip-roaring today, aren't I, guys? Shit. <laughs> this is a lot of caffeine and anger. My internet was down all morning, man. It just put me in a mood. And there's a war as well. That, that doesn't go well with my mind and my psyche. Nor yours, by the way, which is why I should be a little bit more pleasant on here. I'm so, I'm so sorry. All right, let me, let me do a, a, a 180. Hey, everybody. Oh, it's pretty funny when a woman quits her job and breastfeeds her boyfriend full-time, isn't it? Silly. <laughs> But it seems like a fun time to spend your time, right? Who wants to bartend when you can just breastfeed all day? You know, and who wants to get a regular job when you can just have your mouth on your lady's nipple all day long? That just sounds like a lovely time to me. This is just two people trying to find their dreams and make them come true. Yeah, it just seems like a lovely existence if you ask me. Nothing wrong with it at all. If I could do it, I would do it. I'd breastfeed all day and then eat Twizzlers in between sessions. That's right. A breast and a Twizzler. That's how I, that's how I would do it. <laughs> Isn't that nice, guys? All right, forget about the war. Just think about breastfeeding and Twizzlers. That's what Jonesy's here for. Yay! An egg farmer was brought to the hospital with a live chicken stuck inside his rectal cavity. How do you get a chicken stuck up your rectal cavity? This guy's up to no good. It says here a farm owner from Shelbyville, Indiana, had to be transported to the hospital in critical condition with an extremely agitated hen more than half buried inside his rectum. How do you get a hen up your rectum, man? Some strange sort of chicken up the butt fetish. Uh, I don't feel bad for this guy at all, because he's obviously shoving chickens up his butt. And he also runs an egg farm. So that means some people have been eating the eggs of the chickens that were shoved up his rectum in the past. I don't support this at all. Let's get some more information, though. How do you get a chicken out of your rectum once it's up there? Uh, says Shelby County paramedics were called to answer a medical emergency concerning a serious accident. I don't think this is an accident, man. <laughs> I think this guy's shoving chickens up his butt for years. This involved a farm animal. Um, upon arriving on the site, they found 57-year-old Christopher Adams drunk, bloodied, and naked on a hen house floor with a loudly clucking five-pound chicken sticking out of his rectum. Come on, no! Is this real, this story? How can this be? Uh, the fact that he's inebriated and naked in the hen house, I mean, let's just lead you to believe he's into it. He voluntarily went, a chicken didn't convince you to take off your pants, bro. The paramedics briefly tried to remove the agitated bird from its uncomfortable position, but to no avail, and had to transport Mr. Adams and the bird to the major hospital. How's the bird clucking if its head's up the rectal? Is he clucking inside his rectum? You can still hear it. Oh, that's got to be painful to have a chicken up there and also clucking away, moving its beak around. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. I crossed the line with that little sentence. Now, they talked to a doctor named Thomas who extracted this bird after an extremely delicate seven-hour surgical intervention. Uh, says the man and the animal would have died if they waited any longer to remove it. Well, I mean... I assume the bird's going to die anyways. Did it live? It says here, quote from the doctor, The bird was dying of suffocation when it got here. It had already, already badly lacerated the patient's bowels in a desperate attempt to get out and was still gashing at it like crazy, as you can imagine. The hen was finally extracted and suffered only minor physical injuries from its ordeal. While Mr. Adams necessitated... Necessi necessitated? I think I got that right. Necessitated? Yeah, that's a word. Oh, boy, public school showing up. 
necessitated seven blood transfusions and more than 780 stitches. Seven blood transfusions for this guy? This guy's just taking up all the blood for his stupid little fetish. Oh, man. Just people with their dumb fetishes. I don't understand it myself. I've covered a lot of fetishes on this show, by the way. They're out there, man. It's like a new one every month. Dr. Thomas says it's a miracle that both the farmer and the hen are still alive. And question, what caused the bird to get stuck in there? Oh, the doctor's curious. What, what could have got the bird stuck up there? Because the guy's a freak, man. Do you not know that, Dr. Thomas? Wow. All that medical schooling and you're still dumb. Here's a quote from the doctor. Who makes a shit ton of money, but is obviously dumber than me. I don't really know how the bird got there, but getting it out was so complicated and damaging that I can't imagine that getting it in could have been any fun either. Dr. Thomas, who extracted the hen from Mr. Adams' rectal cavity, says it's a miracle that they both survived. Although it says here Mr. Adams has yet to regain consciousness <laughs> to explain his side of the story. <laughs> I think we know his side of the story. He got caught with his pants down in a hen house and he was wasted. What do you think the story is? That he's going in there to feed them naked and drunk? Hey guys, come and get your food. This guy's a mess and he ought to have his egg farming license revoked clearly because you can't be shoving the hens up your butt and then also selling their eggs. And it's a hen abuse, really, at the end of the day. This is animal abuse. All right. Well, that's how I feel about it anyways. A man answered a job advertisement and then became a blood slave. That's right, a blood slave. Let's find out what a blood slave is. A poor Chinese man was kidnapped and held captive for many months as a blood slave in Cambodia. Oh, it's a terrible place to be a blood slave. This was after he was lured by a fake job advertisement. I'm guessing the job ad did not say blood slave in Cambodia. It said something like Cinnabon employee. And he showed up all, oh, oh yes, sir, you look like Cinnabon material. Eh, eh, eh. Can I see your veins? The man has been identified only by his surname, Lee. Lee managed to escape earlier this month with the help of a member of a gang. This is, this is a crazy story, man. Uh, this all took place in the city of Sihanoukville. Nailed it. This was where he was being held captive, this poor Lee, who's now in a hospital, being treated, reportedly in stable condition. Still has some blood left. That's great. Since August 2021, the gang reportedly took 27 ounces of blood each month from 31-year-old Lee. The blood was believed to be sold to private buyers. I didn't know the blood of a 31-year-old Chinese man was so valuable. Uh, I thought you, you needed the blood of virgins. Yes, young blood, fresh blood. Yes, <laughs> you bathe in it. And you retain your youth for eternity. Ha, ha, ha. Isn't that how it works? <laughs> um, there better be vampires in this story. That's all I'm going to say. Please be vampires somewhere in this story. By the way, it's a long time to have your blood drawn. It's over a year getting your blood drawn? This poor guy. Lee's arms, of course, as you can imagine, badly bruised, covered with needle, needle marks when he was admitted to the hospital this past week. Lee apparently worked as a security guard in Beijing. Well, for a security guard, he really just didn't have his guard up. Yeah, he answered a fake job ad and was immediately kidnapped and turned into a 
blood slave. Lee told the reporters that he refused to participate in the gang's fraud scheme. I wonder what that fraud scheme was. They're calling people about their uh, expired car warranties. That expired car warranty fraudulent scheme has been going on for, well, since the pandemic. I still get calls about this. Anyways, Lee was like, I will not make those phone calls and tell people that their car warranty is expiring. I will not participate in your fraud scheme. And they're like, that's okay. You will then become guinea pig for our army of vampires. Then how about that? For free, Lee! It says here, uh, the gang in Cambodia opted to use him as a blood slave after they found out that he was an orphan and couldn't be used for a ransom. (laughs) I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh at this. It's just so fantastic. I mean, how how is this real? Nobody loves you, huh? Mm, yes, that's fine. You look very plump. Your blood is rich, I'd imagine. Test it. Test the blood. Lee says at least seven other men were detained in the same room as blood slaves. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, listen, this, this has got to be moved to a priority in a worldly list of problems. I know we got a lot of stuff going on. The planet's toxifying and getting a little warmer. Looks like there's going to be a war somewhere in Europe. But I'm telling you, man, there's a blood slave ring going down in Cambodia. we got to get on this right now. This guy said there was seven other men in the same room. Lee says because he has the universal blood type O negative, the gang took more blood from him than the other guys. Oh, Oh, man, I'm O positive. I would have been second in line. My blood's pretty universal, too. They would have took a lot of blood from me. Wouldn't even give me a cookie afterward. Lee said the person who initially tested his blood said that his blood type was, quote, Quite valuable. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm here for the job. Yes. Yes. Uh, if we could just have your blood first. Yes, master. This blood we found to be quite valuable. <laughs> what kind of job is this anyway? Lee says his captors threatened to sell him to illegal organ harvesters if he didn't give them his blood. After being lured by the fake job ad, Lee says he was held at gunpoint, taken across the China-Vietnam border where he was sold to the Cambodian gang running the fraud scheme for $18,500. How does he know how much he was sold for? Like, he knows a lot of details here. This makes me wonder if this story's real. Like, of all the times you've been kidnapped and sold, I mean, do you ever know, you ever know, did you ever know the price that you were sold for? No, they don't tell you that shit. They don't put a little tag on your, on your toe <laughs> and line you up. I would imagine <laughs> you look down and I'm only 18,000. Hey, you're 50,000. Why? Well, I'm younger than you, and I have better blood. <laughs> the vampires like me. Yay! Well, I'll trade you my machete for your crack pipe. I left mine in a public restroom Saturday night. I'll trade you my machete for your crack pie. Well, I'm a Florida man and I don't feel right without my crack pie. My crack pie. My crack An elephant trampled a woman to death and then returned to her funeral and attacked her there as well. Many people sent me this story. 
Uh, it says here, a woman was trampled to death by an elephant. That's already terrible. Uh, the elephant then later came to her funeral, grabbed hold of her corpse, and threw it in the air. I'm dumbfounded by this. A 70-year-old lady in India was trampled to death by an elephant. I guess this happens in places like that. Uh, you know, if Weird AF News does anything for you in your life, at least it reminds you that you don't live in a place where an elephant will just trample you to death and then show up at your funeral and chuck you into the air. So the 70-year-old lady was trampled. Doesn't say why. Her corpse was then bizarrely attacked by the very same elephant at the funeral, according to the media. The police say Maya Murmu had been fetching water from a well in the eastern Indian state of Odisha at the end of last week, Thursday. An elephant came barreling toward her. The tusked pachyderm had apparently escaped from the Dalma Wildlife Sanctuary, which is located in a neighboring area. The elephant trampled Maya who ultimately died of her injuries at a nearby hospital. Maya's family was then performing her last rites before lighting a funeral pyre when the elephant allegedly returned and grabbed her body. The elephant threw her corpse in the air and then ran away, according to the media. Apparently, the family was able to continue the ceremony, thankfully, and the elephant did not return, thankfully. It doesn't say exactly what the reason were, but... He it does say human and elephant conflict is on the rise across the world currently, which I didn't know. This is because the loss of the animal's natural habitat is forcing elephants into closer proximity with residential areas in places like India. It also says climate change. Climate change is making life difficult for elephants these days. As the temperature increases, water sources are drying up, causing elephants to hunt out new resources. This can cause them to come into contact with humans as well. Fragmented habitats can cause, quote, crop raiding instances when elephants stray onto farmlands in search of food and water, ruining growing crops as they do so, taking water, and even trampling farmers. In May, an Indian farmer was trampled to death by a wild elephant as well. The elephant and its herd had wandered onto the local farmlands. The herd of 11 elephants strayed into the field near the village, during the night, the man who was attacked had been guarding the field. The farmer died instantly after being trampled, they say. While they are known for being gentle giants, elephants can attack humans when they feel vulnerable or if their territory is being threatened, if their lives are being threatened. It says in this particular story, it's not really clear why the elephant had attacked Maya after straying from the wildlife sanctuary. The sanctuary, which operates as a safari park, is very much favored by Asian elephants because of the abundance of water within it, even during the summer, they say. Now, the story doesn't address what I think is the most bizarre aspect of it, and that is, why would an elephant then return to Maya's funeral and desecrate her body once again? And was this a coincidence, or did the elephant actually know that it was her funeral i mean it could be a coincidence it just happened to be the same individual but imagine if it wasn't if this was calculated it's very intelligent animals obviously can go find a funeral i mean i'm baffled by this to be honest and the poor family it's like your grandma's killed by an elephant how disastrous it's something you you don't expect that you're grieving. Oh, poor grandma was killed by that elephant. And then oh, the elephant's back? What is this? The elephant tosses grandma's body in the air? I mean, I can't, I can't believe this is even real. And this might not end here. Because as you know, in the Indian religion, they believe in reincarnation. 
and Maya could come back. And if the elephant is very serious, could trample her again in whatever form she comes back to Earth. I mean, who knows where this could end? Yay! Sexy trash cans in Sweden. They're taking a risque approach to garbage collection. That's right, the Swedish city of Malmo is taking dirty talk to a whole new level in its latest effort to clean up the streets, to get the garbage off the streets. They've installed talking garbage cans. These garbage cans dish out very racy audio messages after you put trash inside of them. Authorities are hoping for an increase in rubbish being deposited because of these sexy-ass talking garbage cans. How does it work? Well, when someone drops trash into one of two bins in this one particular area of the city called David's Hallbron Bridge, they are rewarded with extremely positive audio feedback from a sultry female voice who offers a range of responses when you put trash deep inside her. What are some of the sexy things that are being said? Well, such phrases as, Oh, right there, yes. Oh, come back soon and do it to me again. And ooh, a bit more to the left. Oh, that's it. That's my spot. Oh, yeah, put it in me deep. <laughs> oh, leave your number. Where are you going? Come on back. <laughs> I, I made up some of those. Can you guess which ones? Anyways, this is hilarious. Sexy talking trash cans. I would have never thought my whole life I'd see such a thing. Apparently, people aren't throwing their trash away over in Sweden. I'm very surprised. I thought they were a very clean bunch. Uh, I live in a place where people people do not throw trash in the bin. They just don't get it in the bin. You could put a, a thousand bins in a one-mile radius. People will still chuck it on the ground over here. Because I live with animals, basically. Bunch of barbarians, us Americans. Horrible, horrible human beings. Yeah terrible i mean you just see the trash everywhere you're like what what do is this a just an infantile culture yes it is very infantile we can't even pick up our, after ourselves we're like children so sad so sad now it says here while the seductive trash can approach is a fresh tactic trash cans with voices are not exactly a new addition to sweden's third largest city in 2017 the city council bought 18 talking cans though today only two can still speak during the pandemic, they thanked depositors for adhering to social distancing regulations. But a new era calls for a new method, the city road department's section chief believes. Here's a quote from him. So please go ahead and feed the bins. Feed these bins with more rubbish. Yes, just like that. Oh, do it. Put it in there. Oh, yes, fill it up. Malmo has long been renowned as a pioneer in eco-friendly living. Good for you, Malmo. This latest innovation should perhaps come as no surprise. The city's eco-drive is epitomized by a project that was launched in 2001 called Boo 1001, City of Tomorrow. Did I say that correctly? Boo 1001? B001? I don't know. Anyways, it's the City of Tomorrow. That's part of it. They transformed a polluted, defunct shipyard in the city into a green, sustainable living district. 
All energy needs for homes, shops, and office buildings in that area are met with renewable sources, with even food waste converted to biogas in order to run all of the local buses. Good job for you! Hey, being eco-friendly, recycling, reusing things. We need it. We need a bit of that, as you can see. The planet is turning into a disgusting wasteland. Whatever the trash situation is in Sweden, I can't imagine it's that bad. I mean, not as bad as where I live. Uh, more, more so than that, I love the idea of the trash can saying sexy-ass things to people that put stuff in them. I think it's hilarious. From a comedy perspective, I think it's just phenomenal. I would love to see more funny stuff like this in the world. We won't see such things in the U.S. because some Karen would call 911 on a trash can. This trash can just harassed me, asked me if I, if I liked it, just horrible trash can hurt, hurt my feelings. Police, police. <laughs> horrible. Yeah. My, my country's just filled with just people who are just out to destroy any sort of comedy or fun in the culture. It's just, they're just horrible human beings. And I can't stand living in such a place because of such things. But I do the best I can recording in this closet. Sometimes I'm offensive. I get reached out to by Karens pretty often. <laughs> That's actually when I know I'm doing it. I'm doing it right when some Karens reach out to me. So I'm like, yes. Look, I, I got this one life. If I don't offend some people, I, I don't think I did it right. Um, anyways, as I was saying, I like when funny things are just put out into the culture. I think this is really, really cool. But in my country, you won't see this because of Karens and also because people would steal these things. They would just take them home. <laughs> people steal everything in the U.S. They would take them home because they're hilarious. They would put them in their backyard. You know that would happen. Of course that would happen. They, in America, they'll steal anything that isn't nailed to the ground. That's, uh, that's a fact. And lastly, if anybody lives in this area where these trash cans are, if you could send me a video of you putting trash deep into it, calling it daddy, I would... I would love that. Please send me that. That's hilarious. I will, uh, I will share that everywhere. I just I like that kind of stuff. Funnyjones at gmail.com. A Florida man told the police he wasn't drinking and driving. He was only drinking at stoplights and stop signs. <laughs> Brilliant. Let's see if this got him out of an arrest. A Florida man was arrested. Oh, no, it didn't work. Surprise. We learned right up top. A Florida man was arrested for driving under the influence of alcohol, also known as adult sodas. Uh, the Florida man tried to get out of this driving under the influence arrest by coming up with a story. He told the police that he was not drinking and driving per se. Technically, he was only drinking at the stop signs and the stoplights. <laughs> so that makes it okay. <laughs> Officers, I wasn't drinking and driving. I was drinking then driving. You see, there's a difference. <laughs> when you're drinking and driving, it means you're drinking while your foot is on the gas. But as soon as your foot gets off that gas, you're no longer driving. <laughs> so this is all okay, right? <laughs> By the way, I stopped extra times to make up for it. <laughs> Who would ever believe this? <laughs> Come on, officers. It's just a new drinking game that I'm involved in. It's called uh, take a shot at every red light until you make it home or go to jail. It looks like I lost this one today. <laughs> okay, let's get some deets. 
Indian County Sheriff's deputies were called to a McDonald's in Vero Beach, Florida, because of a vehicle that was repeatedly bumping the car in front of it in the drive through <laughs> He's bumping the car. Move it along! I need nuggets! <laughs> okay, so uh, the police arrived. They found... Our quality Florida citizen, Earl Stevens, age 69, in his vehicle with an open brown paper bag. Oh, he's got the old brown paper bag, does he? That's very old school to drink out of a brown paper bag. Ah, no one's going to see it if it's in this brown paper bag. Okay, inside the bag was a bottle of Jim Beam. Classy. Uh, He told the deputies that he didn't recall bumping the car in front of him. (laughs) I'm sure the car does. Earl Stevens, who only had a Florida ID card and no license, told the responding deputy that he has never really had a a valid Florida driver's license to begin with. (laughs) Good time. I've never really had a driver's license, but I just thought that shouldn't keep me off the road, you know? Look, somebody's got to take my Jim Beam out for a spin, you know what I mean? Jim Beam gets lonely in the house, wants to get out, wants to go to McDonald's. The deputy noted the strong smell of alcohol on Earl Stevens' breath and saw that his eyes were red and his his speech was slurred. The deputy asked Earl how he was feeling. He was quoted as saying, I'm feeling pretty good. Of course he's feeling good. He's drunk and in a McDonald's drive-thru. That's one of my happier places to be when I'm drunk, in a McDonald's drive-thru, knowing that I'm about to eat some nuggets and fries makes me happy inside. Earl Stevens told the police he had only about three or four drinks, but uh, technically he claims he wasn't drinking while the car was actually moving. Said he only took sips when he stopped at the stop signs and the traffic signals. Earl also told the police he had prescription medication before he began drinking. Uh, (laughs) He's just telling them everything they, they need to know. He was asked to do a field sobriety test where he was observed swaying side to side, and he blew a .153 on his breathalyzer test, which is a lot. It's a lot. I mean, even if you're only sipping at stop signs, you can still get there. You really can. <laughs> By the way, pretty smart to only drink at stop signs. That way you don't, you don't spill it, you know? <laughs> Stupid. Happy New Year, my friends, my listeners. Thank you so much for a wonderful 2022. Without you, it would have been lame. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd be in a closet every day for nobody, all right? You know, now I know it's rewarding for myself to go in a closet sometimes too, but you know what? I, mostly I do it for the people, for the, for the people, guys. I had a lovely New Year's Eve. I did a comedy show in North Hollywood, and it was phenomenal. Great comedian friends of mine on the show. It was nice to spend it with my friends slash coworkers doing what I love to do, you know, so it was great. Champagne toast at midnight, etc. That all that. I hope you had a nice time and that you, uh, you're with your friends and loved ones and that it was a safe time. And um, yeah, thanks to uh, thanks to everyone who wrote me to wish me a happy new year as well. I, I appreciate that. That was really that was really nice of you to take the time to do that. Uh, some people bought me coffee as well, so let's give them some love right here. Um, this is from Lisa Co. Lisa bought me some coffees off my website, weirdafnews.com. And she wrote, I really enjoy listening to your podcast, Jonesy, especially Florida Fridays. You remind me, you remind this 55-year-old woman that she still has the sense of humor of a 15-year-old boy. And for that, I thank you. Happy New Year and good luck with your life, man. Good luck with your life, man, Lisa Coe. 
That was so sweet of you to buy that for me, buy those coffees for me and support the show. Uh, also, Cassandra Igglesby bought me coffee as well when she wrote, contributing to your elaborate ruse to get free coffee. Thanks for doing the show. Good luck with your life, man. <laughs> good, luck with, good, you, good luck with your life, Cassandra. And yes, yes, you've caught me. You've caught me red-handed, this ruse of mine to get free coffee. That's what I set up this whole thing for. Five years of a podcast to just get free coffee down the road. Uh, also, someone joined the Patreon. Yes. Um, Rach Whitney. or is it, I think it's Rach, which is short for Rachel. I think that's her nickname, Rach. Rach Whitney joined the Patreon. So let's give her some love, Rach Whitney. Joining the Patreon for New Year's. Oh, that's right, on January 1st. So... She's kicking off the new year as my first Patreon, which is very cool. Very cool. Kudos to you, Rage, for jumping on board January 1st, not wasting any time. You're like, I'm going to support this guy this year. I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit to the Patreon. And you did. And I appreciate it so much. Please enjoy the extra content in the Patreon as well. They got a lot of stuff in there. I'm going to post some stuff in there today and tomorrow, I believe. I got a little time. Yeah, so that was part one of the, by the way, I forgot to say this, the... I'm going to do a two-part greatest hits Weird AF News of 2022. So that was part one. They're a little over an hour. I want to keep it uh, around an hour, I think, is, is enough. I don't want to go crazy two-hour episodes or anything. I, I was like, do I do one episode that's three hours? Or I think I'll just break it up, make it manageable. So an hour today, an hour tomorrow. And uh, they're the greatest of the year, I think, in my opinion, anyways. Uh, let's read a couple reviews that I got on the Amazon. Yes. This one is from Larry Grant, who gave me five stars and wrote, very entertaining. Ooh, how lovely. Larry wrote, very entertaining. I listen to the show every day and I get a laugh out of every episode. I live in Florida. Oh boy, Larry lives in Florida. And he can spell pretty good for a guy in Florida. He's got good grammar. He says, I live in Florida and look forward to Fridays so much. Love the humor style. Great show. Keep it coming. Thank you, Larry Grant. Listen, I appreciate that review so much, man. Thank you. And, and please, I, subscribe and keep listening to the show. And um, thank you for your support. That's really nice of you to take the time to write that. Uh, Tristan also took the time to write me a lovely five-star review as well on Amazon. So I want to give Tristan a big thank you. And Tristan wrote, best daily news out there, especially by a comedian in a closet. This podcast cracks me up, man. I started listening years ago, but then Amazon messed up the link, and now I'm playing catch-up. I love his humor, singing, and I especially love Florida Fridays. I like that he doesn't research the articles, and instead, he goes with it as it comes, which makes it more authentic to me, because if I wanted to just hear the news as it is written, I'd listen to the main news agencies, which are boring. Keep it coming, Jonesy, and good luck with your life, man. Good luck with your life, man, Tristan. And I agree with you, the main news agencies... I've never heard them referred to as that, but that is accurate. Main news agencies, yeah, they're boring as hell, man. Everybody And everybody pronounces everything correctly, and they don't do accents, and they don't sing. And Yeah, they're so buttoned up and boring, in my opinion. That's why I do it this way. I think it's like loosey-goosey, fun, you know. Those people take themselves so seriously, and I just, I think that's ridiculous. Just... <laughs> Today on NBC News, a walrus touching itself ruined New Year's. You know, it's like, it's like, how do you not say that sentence and crack out laughing? Like, they just, they don't show any emotion. Anyways, I'm railing against them. I, I, you know, it's what they're paid to do. It's not their fault. This is what, this is how it's been done for decades, for whatever reason. Because I guess they don't want to offend people. 
They want it to be like super safe so that no one is offended. You know, people get very butthurt these days. Hey guys, let's, let's make an effort in 2023 not to get butthurt. How about that? Can we all agree? <laughs> let's get less butthurt in 2023. <sighs> Anyways. Hey, so I'll do a part two tomorrow. It'll be about an hour as well. And uh, I hope you're enjoying these. I thought it would be a fun thing to do. Um, and I'm throwing some songs in there too that I come across from the, the year. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Oh yeah. If you guys want to buy me a coffee or join the Patreon, uh, go to weirdafnews.com or uh, download the Patreon app on your phone and you can just do a search for Weird AF News or you can go to patreon.com slash Weird AF News as well. If you'd like to write me a, a review, Amazon is a place you can do it and I'll read it, whether it's um, good, bad or mediocre. I'll read it. I read them all. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Good luck with your life, man. Love you. <laughs> yeah.